and welcome to episode 59 of No Crying in Baseball, the Fly Like an Eagle episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Ready to break into song. With a title like that, you're risking me singing, which is a very high risk. All right, here we go. Starting off, I want to say a big thank you to Brian from Ball the Ball and Mitt podcast. We were on that last week. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. You can find them where you find podcasts like us. And it was a lot of fun talking to him. And I'm hoping we get to talk to him a little bit more about how much women really do love sports. We had a great time. Thanks for that, Brian. Check him out. On today's show, we're back to Big Sexy. We can't stay away. We can't quit Big Sexy. We also have our very first boyfriend emeritus, Adrian Beltre. Joey Bats gets a namesake. You're going to like this one. A brief little report about political donations gone bad. Big Maple. Oh, we've got a big series. We've got Big Sexy. we got Big Maple. Big Maple goes to the Bronx and takes his feathered friends with him. Hey, that would be the Big Apple. Oh, my God. Yeah, Big Maple big. goes to the Big Apple. Oh, my Lord. And we have our, our boyfriends to tell you about from Kansas City and from San Diego. So without further ado, Big Sexy Watch. I kind of like the sound of that. Big Sexy Watch. It's sort of, so last year we had the Otani Watch from the moment that we knew he was coming over. Where is he going to go? I want to do that with Big Sexy this year. I want to know where he's going to go because the man has been around. We're talking about Bartolo Colon, who has pitched with 11 different franchises. And he is a free agent, so we're wondering where he's going to go. Some people were thinking he's going to go to retire in Miami, perhaps, because he is old. He will be, well, (laughs) after my recent birthday, he's not quite (laughs) that old, but he will be 46 next May. And he's already the oldest guy playing baseball. But that's why I love him. I'm getting a thing for the old guys now. He's the only player right now still playing who started playing last century. And more on why he's the only player in a few moments. Um, He's also the only player who used to play for the Expos, who's still playing Major League Baseball. Oh, so that's this a fun guy, fact. He's, he's walking history. We got to keep him around. So I am pulling for him. But who wants him? Last year, he had a 5.78 ERA. That's the second highest for a pitcher who pitched more than 140 innings. And he had the fewest strikeouts. So those are not the stats that you want. But as we were checking him out last year and thinking that he was going to be just coming out of the bullpen, Rangers had him starting He went into the eighth inning with a perfect game versus Verlander. So the motto is anything is possible. Yeah, Big Sexy has moments of of genius. So we're we're plugging for him because we want to see more of those moments of genius. Oh, one thing I forgot why I really do think he'll be back next year is he's playing right now in the Dominican Leagues. He's going to be starting at least five times with the Aguilas Ibeñas. What does that mean? The Eagles from Sibeña, wherever that is. Okay, just checking. I like it. So we're hoping Big Sexy will be back. And we will, when he is, we'll tell you all about where you can watch him. So the other old guy that we're talking about today is Adrian Beltre finally retiring. He is our very first boyfriend emeritus. He is Potty Mouth's Rangers boyfriend, who is best friends with my Rangers boyfriend, Elvis Andrus. They were pals and they were hilarious and the thing you may remember potty mouth telling you the don't touch my head stories we are going to link to a very very hilarious article that tries to track every single instance 
of people touching Adrian Beltre's head and what happened about that. So that's like the extra thing about him that we love that makes him a good boyfriend. He's got a great sense of humor and he clearly loves the game, but he's also got some stats. He played for 21 seasons. He played on four different teams, which isn't all that many for 21 seasons in the majors. One was the Red Sox. And one was the Rangers. (laughs) And He's finishing up with 477 home runs and 3,166 hits. So he's got numbers. He's totally headed for the Hall of Fame. And we're going to miss him. And he's probably now the guy that we measure other boyfriends up against. He's actually our second boyfriend emeritus. Though, no because way. Joe, After all of that. So sorry. Joe what? Maurer. Ben, they're both mine. Both mine retired. I like the old guys. Joe Maurer of the twins. Um, Hit okay. it right before him. Okay, so so that's why I got to look for some young blood. Maybe (laughs) I'm not quite sure where I'm going. We're going to get to that later with our boyfriends. I will miss Beltre. He is also the center of a story way back in episode 12. You should listen back to our talk about Beltre. And we talked about how he was the good guy in this brawl between Rugned Odor and Jose Bautista. That's where I'm going right now with Jose Bautista. When that kerfuffle happened, the very beginning of the tension there was because Bautista did a special bat flip. And he, this is sort of a a famous go down in history, in your face bat flip. And because of that incident, he now has a beetle named after him. I am not sure wait, what wait, the a connection beetle, is. Like, like George, Ringo, John, that, that guy? Yeah, that would be really cool. And Bautista. They already have names. They do. <laughs> it's the double E kind of beetle. And it's actually a weevil, which I'm not quite sure what that means as a subset of beevil. Beevil? Beetle. Beetle. And I can't even say this. Beevil for short. Had enough beer for this yet. But something about the bat flip connects to the beetle. And I get to say entomologist on our podcast that I never thought I would be able to work that word in here. But this is almost like baseball science. It's so cool. It is. This Canadian scientist entomologist, Bob Anderson at the Museum of Nature in Canada, he discovered a new species of beagle from the Dominican Republic, sort of like Bautista. So there's the connection there. And it's now known as an, you know, my Spanish pronunciation is pretty on, on par once in a while. But here we go with some Latin. Damn, Cicadris Bautista. So that's the now the new name of this beetle. Believe it or not, this is not the first bug to be named after a sports player. And and I want you to guess, Patty, who these other two insects were named after. The other two are both wasps. So I'm not sure if this is the (laughs) the first beetle, but here are two wasps that 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 I found out about. And damn it, I don't know if I can pronounce this. Thaumatatarindus tucarasci. Tukaraskai. Tukaraskai. Okay, that's what do you my think? clue. <laughs> Tukaraskai. I don't know. Who is It's your favorite sport. It's hockey. It's Tukarask from the Boston Bruins. Oh, see, I was it's, sticking with baseball. I used said sports, but I didn't hear I Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you for I, I that. I threw a curved puck on that one. You a curved puck. puck. All right, the next one is going to be more in our field. It's the first words are rough. Dial Calgaster Ichiroi. Oh, I'm going to go with Ichiro for that one. I've got that one on. Oh, that's awesome. There I can't you believe go. there are multiple baseball and hockey bugs. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted it to be after Joey Bats instead of Batista because then it would be a lot easier to say. Yeah. Whew. Right. All right. I'm C- done. Cicoedris Bats. Sure. I'm going for that one. We're going from bugs to Big Maple to the Big Apple. So um, James Paxton, otherwise known as... Big Maple of the Mariners is part of the sort of highest profile trade so far in the hot stove season. 
he is going to the Yankees in trade for their top pitching prospect, Justice Sheffield, and I think a couple other guys. But the the important thing about Justice Sheffield being involved is that a lot of people thought the Yankees are going to hang on to this guy for whatever their biggest deal is going to be this year. It would be like, you know, the Nats trading Victor Robles. You're just not going to do it. And they did. So they really wanted a big maple who we've always kind of liked. But a lot of folks say, well, he's not really an ace. Was he worth it? You may remember that we our hearts belong to Big Maple because a giant American eagle landed on him while he was on the pitcher's mound. And he was totally cool with it. Even as a Canadian, being cool with a sole American eagle. Wasn't it on Canada Day that it happened too? Yeah, there was something cosmic about that. That's back in past steps too. So what's happening now is, so Big Maple, so Paxton is going to the Bronx And just last year, there was a report that said the American Eagle, the bald eagle, is thriving in the state of New York. There's never been a better time to be a bald eagle in the state of New York. And here comes Paxton. So I don't think this is going to be, you know, a a unique event. I think they're going to find him. I think that's going to be like some eagle, I don't know, grapevine. They're going to talk to each other and say, hey, find this guy. He's really friendly and he's in the middle of a ballpark. So yay for Paxton. Sorry you have to go to the Yankees, but I really hope the Eagles find you there. I am really not happy about that Yankee thing, but yeah. You're going to be less happy about this. So a little bit of politics here because we try, you know, we we would avoid it if we could, but politics just keep dropping into our laps. You may be familiar with the Mississippi Senate uh, campaign of Cindy, I would go to a public hanging, Hyde Smith, Right. So a lot of businesses and high profile people who have contributed to her campaign in the past have asked for refunds. They don't want to contribute to someone who say is pro lynching. You know, it's it's not good for business. Right. So it turns out there's a PAC. There's an office of the MLB commissioner PAC, a political action committee that had donated five thousand dollars to Cindy Hyde Smith's campaign on the 23rd of November. This is weeks after her really unfortunate remarks for which she has not been able to to back out of or doesn't care to back out of. Major League Baseball said, well, it wasn't really a donation. Our lobbyists were asked to go to an event. And yeah, it was a fundraiser. <laughs> so MLB is trying to like deny it, but they have since, in fact, two days later, they did ask for their donation back. The people who did not ask for their donation back, there are, are is a part owner of the San Francisco Giants. He and his wife each donated the maximum for individuals to her campaign, and they're fine with it. There are a couple of, I think there were journalists and some other people who really went after them who said, you know, we're not going to spend any of our discretionary income on the Giants right now because of you. I don't think there are enough of those people to make a difference, but it did get attention and people are trying to hold them accountable. So I guess that means that this podcast will not be pulling for the Giants over the course of the season at this point. You know what? We're not going to be pulling for that one guy. Okay, that's It's that one guy. Yeah. We've got some new boyfriends. I've already got some themes emerging with my boyfriends. This is week number two of our boyfriends. Last week, we did the Orioles and the Marlins, starting from the bottom of the barrel. And we're creeping our way up. So we're... I yeah, think, I know. I think <laughs> you're saying bottom of the barrel more than you need to because it's the Orioles and I don't like it. I'm yeah. just putting that out there on the table. I don't like it. Yeah, you showed up with the bright Orioles Hawaiian shirt at my birthday party. So I think I think I know it was you deserved. Are it you, was you deserved. Yeah, it was. It was totally deserved. <laughs> and I wore it with love. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I'm going to post a picture of that because I have a really lovely picture of you under the flowers in your Orioles shirt. 
So we're creeping up from the the ones with the worst records, which is what I meant by that crude phrase, bottom of the barrels. And now we have the second worst records in the American League and in the National League. In the American League, we have the Royals. And I was crushed to lose my boyfriend from last year, Salvador Perez, one of my favorites. So I'm looking through the Royals without much enthusiasm. And a couple of names jumped out at me. And I had to debate between Alex Gordon... Very respectable, long-term Royal, 32 years old, left field, great defense from Nebraska versus Aldaberto Montesi, who's this young, energetic guy, potential future of the team, infielder, all-around infield from the Dominican Republic. And if you think about the way that I've gone in the past, you might be thinking that I would go for the younger guy. And then I saw... He was suspended for 50 games in 2016 for PEDs. And it was, I was going to come to his defense because he said he didn't realize that they were in the medicine that he got in the Dominican Republic. And the way that his story went made me really empathetic to him. And then I remembered, oh, we said the same thing about Cano last Mm -hmm. year. Yeah, we sure did. And I thought, what would Patty say? Patty would say, just because his name is super fun to say, doesn't mean he should be your boyfriend. Yeah, I should learn that lesson. So I think I've learned that lesson. And the one like boom it over my head thing that came up that I realized I have to go with Alex Gordon is the mom factor. There's, I found this whole article about how much he loves his mom and res- gets his work ethic from his mother. His mother was a night shift nurse while she was raising five boys. Not a lot of talk about the father, but I think he is there in the picture. She was working overnight, 11 to 7, and she ran an antique store during the day. And she said she basically didn't need sleep or didn't sleep much and made it work. She raised four baseball sons. Her brother played baseball at University of Nebraska, and she's a double cancer survivor. She survived breast cancer in 2004 and stage four appendix cancer in 2012. This is one tough woman. She's still nursing and running an antique store. I would like her to be my boyfriend. Can we do that? Yeah, right. Is that a new category? Because she sounds freaking awesome. After that, I kind of felt, all right, I really got to take this guy. He's interesting. So this is a very different kind of persona for me in some ways because he might be on the downside. Actually, he might be on his last year but I'm hanging on to him. He's a Royal through and through. He actually grew up as a Royals fan and he was drafted in 2005 to the Royals as a third baseman. And he came up in 2007 and had a pretty solid three years. And then he took a little bit of a dive in his batting average down to 222 and he had a torn labrium and he was out for three months. So it was time for a reset. There was some rest, recuperation, and a move to left field. And he took to left field like, what is it, to a glove? <laughs> a glove to a hand. Like a hand to a glove? There you sure. go. Sure. Like a and hand to a mitt? That's it. Yep. I was, I was reaching. Like an eagle to a big maple? That too. I was reaching for one of those baseball things that I knew you would come up with. Thank you, Patty. He did really well. In 2011, he batted out 303. 11 to 15, he was pretty solid and a ton of sexy defense. His highlight reels, man, are incredible. Six gold gloves from 11 to 14 and then again in 16 and 17. So in 16, they signed him to a long-term contract. And you know what happens with these long-term contracts with the guys who are around 30? They tank. 
Yeah, so 72 million for four years, and then he slipped in batting in 17. He went down to 208. He crept up a bit last year, a little more solid in 18. He didn't have the gold glove last year, but I'm hopeful. I'm hoping, although I also saw that he had two major injuries in the past couple years and that there's talk about potential surgery and missing the season in case I'm screwed. But I'm trying. I'm trying, Patty. I'm going with the Nebraska guy with the sexy defense and the great mom. I think that's a good start. And you know what? If he ends up not playing the season, you get another pick. And then if you need to go to the guy whose name you like to say, but who's kind of a bad boy, which I know you really do. I'm really kind of impressed that you made that kind yeah. of decision. That Adelberto. works out for you. Adelberto. It's like an extra syllable. You know what? We're going to let you say it as often as you want, as long as he's not really your boyfriend. Okay. Okay. When I looked up the Royals roster, I was really excited to see Brian Goodwin because Brian Goodwin grew up as a national and I really liked him. And so and he's still a young guy. So it's like, OK, wait, let, let me read more about him and see. Did I just like him because he was here and he was right in front of me or does he have some good things going for him? He's got kind of an interesting backstory in 2011 was his first visit to Nats Park when he was initially drafted. His first visit for school pictures, he was getting changed for the post for his school pictures, and there was an earthquake. There's almost never an earthquake here in your nation's capital. There was an earthquake at Nats Park on his very first day. He didn't come back again to Nationals Park until August of 2016. I don't think those things are related. So here's what happened to him. The White Sox drafted him, drafted him out of high school in 2009. And he said, no, the majority of people do. They don't actually go out of high school. Some do. He didn't. He said, I'm going to college. So he goes to the University of North Carolina. He's a North Carolina guy, right? He plays baseball his freshman year. He's the Louisville Slugger freshman, makes the Louisville Slugger freshman All-American team. He's the Gatorade Player of the Year for North Carolina. And they send him away for academic trouble. I looked at, like, I went down like the rabbit hole trying to figure out what happened because they say, oh, violating university policy. And and the best I could come up with was it was, in fact, his academics that got him booted, even though he's a superstar on the baseball team. He's out. So he goes to Miami-Dade Community College. I learned another fun fact. If you are in a four-year university, traditional university, you can't get drafted until your junior year, after after your junior year. If you're in community college, there are no restrictions. So he hopped on down to community college. Nats draft, drafted in the first round in 2011. Boom. He's drafted. He gets some cash money. He's on a real team. Just like that after flunking out of the University of North Carolina. So um, Rizzo, the general manager of the Nationals, said, we are aware of the transfer problem is how he awarded it. But the scouts got to know Brian Goodwin. They got to know his family. They really followed him and they really paid attention and said, you know what? He's going to be all right. Let's take him. So I was kind of impressed that they did like they they were paying attention to what was going on and they, they did their own little deep dive. OK, does this guy have what it takes? Does he have the integrity? Does he have the wherewithal? And they really, really liked him. So draft him in the first round 2011 immediately after my boyfriend, Anthony Rendon. He and Rendon become pals. In fact, they were there at Nats Park to get their school pictures taken on that same day for the first time. Rendon actually was in an MRI when the earthquake happened and they came and pulled, well, you got to get out of here because this is not how an MRI is supposed to go with the whole earthquake thing. But they became roommates every spring training. 
So Rendon and Goodwin are pals. And so that's like part of my something extra for him, because if my boyfriend likes him, why wouldn't I like him? Makes he sense. actually ended up bouncing around a lot among the levels in the minor leagues and with injuries because he'd have a hot streak and then he kind of loses touch for a while. So he was struggling. You know, Rendon was climbing the ladder steadily and boom, he's in the major leagues. That didn't happen to Goodwin. He bounced up and down trying to get things right. And actually, Dusty Baker mentored him. He saw something there and he gave him probably more at bats than other managers would have given him and really kind of took care of him because he saw that thing, that little spark in him and said, we're going to make sure you succeed, which was pretty awesome. He, in between all these minor league stints, he took um, time in the winter playing Venezuelan winter ball and he played Mexican winter ball to get that extra practice in to make sure that he was sharp. So finally, this past July, the Royals picked him up into trade because they had some injuries in their outfield. And all of a sudden, his batting stats jumped because he was starting. I think it's because he was starting. It could be anything. It could have been change of venue. I mean, when we saw him play, he was often really good, but he wasn't consistent. And he also didn't start. I mean, when, when Michael A. Taylor was injured, he started center field for, you know, like a month. But regularly, he would come off the bench. He was starting as a Royal and his stats jumped 20 points, 40 points. It was pretty impressive. So I think he's found a home there. And the interviews I saw with him in his in his Royals uniform, he looked pretty happy. And because he's he just came out of the minors not too long ago, he's under team control there until 2022. So he gets into arbitration, I think, next year, but he's not available for free agency until 2022. So I think they're going to keep him. And, you know, because he's a bargain right now. I like him. I want him to succeed. So that's why he's my Royals boyfriend. And we're going to get to watch our Royals boyfriends together because they're in the outfield together, right? Center field and left field. And even when they line up in alphabetical order, I'm guessing Goodwin and Gordon are right there. So I think we've got a pair. We did. We did pretty well. We didn't plan it, but I think it's going to work out beautifully for us. What do you got for the Padres? Let's go National League. I went with my other theme, which seems to be developing, which is prospects. So last year, last year, that was so long ago. It was last week, only last week, I talked about Victor Victor Mesa in the Marlins and how I wasn't told her Victor Victoria whenever you say that. (laughs) It works. Victor Victoria Mesa. And how I'm not totally sure he's going to play. Now, this guy for the Padres, I'm a little bit more sure, but it's not official yet. So Fernando Tatis Jr., 19-year-old shortstop, currently still in the minors from the Dominican Republic, I think is going to make it up to the Padres this year. And there's another parallel between Victor Victor and Fernando, and that's the junior part, sort of, even though it's Victor's brother who's the junior, but you get the idea. They're both sons of really important players. In this case, Victor Tatis Sr. played for five different teams in Major League, but he's best known for his time in the Cardinals, When he was the first player in Major League Baseball, I had to read this two times, first player in Major League Baseball to get two grand slams in one inning. What? I did not have enough time. I don't know. And I didn't have enough time to find out if there's been somebody else since because the article I read said it was the first guy. But damn, that's impressive. And damn, those are big shoes to fill. So his dad was playing for the Cardinals when Fernando Tatis Jr. was born. So he literally grew up with baseball. And knowing what his father was doing every year and watching his dad. And so it's in your blood at that point. 
So he came to the Padres at age 17 in 2016. 17. Our kids are 17. That's stunning. Unreal. And scary. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. He was with the White Sox, and he came over in a deal. And this is another thing, though, that that you can see the parallel between the Padres and the Marlins, both of these sort of bottom-end teams, putting money into amateur players, into, into minor league players, into international players to try to do a major rebuild. And so that's part of what they're doing here. And the cool thing is we saw him play. We saw Fernando Tatis Jr. play last July at the Futures game. The Futures game. game. That was so much fun. It was a blast. And it was great play. And I didn't even realize this. He played the whole damn game. He actually played two positions at that game. He played shortstop and third base all nine innings. He went two for five and he had a steal. That's especially so, hey. stunning because you that's like, like it's like an all-star game. Mm-hmm. So usually they rotate people out every couple innings. The fact that he played the whole game means they really wanted us to see him play because he's got something special. He spent all last year at AA at the San Antonio Missions. I just kind of like na- n- mentioning the names of minor league teams because they're they're creative, the Missions. And he batted 286 with 16 steals. Not only did his dad play, but his grandfather played triple-A baseball, the original Fernando Tatis. <laughs> and interestingly, they're all infielders. His grandfather played second, third, and shortstop. The little bit of a bummer last season, and probably what caught his number of steals short, is that he fractured his thumb in July, and he was actually out for the rest of the season. He is now playing in the Dominican Winter Leagues, a good sign, but just yesterday, which would be Sunday, he was taken out with a precautionary exit when he had a hard shoulder tag. So I don't know if his shoulder got bruised, but I think what it means is they're taking real good care of him because they're hoping he can make it up to the Padres this season. I'm going for it. Sounds great. We're going to watch Fernando Tatis Jr. My Padres guy follows on a couple of things we were talking about. He's uh, He plays second base and he is 28 years old and his nickname is Aguila Negra. So now we have the Black Eagle. This is our third eagle? Yeah. This is an eagle. Yep. The other thing that he follows up on is the international drafts at a super young age. So Jose Pirela was signed as, they call it, a non-drafted free agent by the Yankees in 2006. Do the math. He was a wee one. He was a teen ager when that happened he played in the dominican summer league the yankees team in the dominican summer league and then moved into the minor leagues plus the venezuelan winter league for years with the aguilas de zulia eagle number four i check this out i think that's where he got his nickname he is very dark-skinned so i kind of think that was differentiating him on that team Mm. that's my guess you never defined it but I'm, i'm guessing that he was you know the the black eagle on the team of eagles that that is my guess there so he started as a 16 year old he was the international league is not really an international league when they when it's in minor leagues it's just one of the several MLB sponsored minor league teams. It's a triple A team. For instance, the Syracuse team and the Rochester team are part of the international league. I don't know why they are called that, but it's important because Jose Pirela was an all-star in 2014 on the international league within the international league. He debuted in the majors 
as soon as that team finished playing. So in August of 2014, on the Yankees as a designated hitter, which is unusual. He's only the fifth in Yankees history to debut as a designated hitter. That's not usually how you show up for your your big debut. He tripled in his first at bat, which is pretty cool. So we like that. So he did fine. He did fine. Padres picked him up as a free agent in the winter of 2016. He did great. He did so well that he was nominated for the Hank Aaron Award for the top offensive player in 2017. That would be his first season with the Padres. So that's pretty great. And then, like your guy, your earlier guy, had sort of sporadic success in 2018. Kind of went up, kind of went down. Didn't quite have the same level that he'd had in 2017. So like you, I'm hopeful that things will settle out. He was, in fact, nominated for the Heart and Hustle Award, which, as you know, we call the Boyfriend Award for the Padres. So that was the first thing that caught my eye about him, in addition to Aguila Negra, which is pretty cool. The thing about the Padres right now is they are a super young team. You know, case in point, your boyfriend coming up as a 19-year-old, their 40-man roster is kind of set right now. There's not a lot of wiggle room. They had to make a lot of adjustments. Last week, we talked about the Rule 5 draft and the way you have to protect your guys who have been in the minor in your minor league system for a long time or other people can other teams can take them away. So they actually designated some people for assignment. They they moved people around to bring a whole bunch of guys up to protect them from other teams taking them. So their 40-man team is so tight right now that they will have to trade. If they want to make any moves there, they will have to trade to other teams. So I don't know that anybody right now on the Padres is super safe because they're mostly young. A couple of them are a little bit older and more marketable, but a lot of the young guys, like your young guy, for instance, really... He's a good bet for the future, right? So you have to decide, do you want to keep him for your team's future or is he a bargaining chip? And so all of these guys are kind of like in in that puzzle right now. How do you put your team together moving forward when you are at the bottom of the stats and you want to move up? What is your plan? So everyone's kind of up for grabs. I'm hoping that my guy, second baseman Jose Pereira, stays. I'm hoping that your guy, Fernando Tatis Jr., shortstop, stays but we don't know. So we may have to come back later with replacement boyfriends. But I hope not. No. I like no. these guys. Yeah, I'm hopeful. So next week, we're going to go up a level to, wow. The Do Cincinnati, we get to level up? We get to level up to the Cincinnati Reds. So that's like damning with faint praise, right? I just came from Cincinnati. I love the Reds. I do. And the Chicago White Sox. Some of our best friends are White Sox fans. I think we're going to be calling that friend very soon. Yep. I think we're going to phone a friend to help us decide on our boyfriends for next week. What do you got going the coming week? Nothing. I got nothing. You got nothing? So you have all week to spend researching boyfriends? Yeah. Yep. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Let's (laughs) do that. What should people do in their spare time in the next, next week? You should listen to all our old podcasts and our, and our upcoming podcast by subscribing to us. You can subscribe to our podcast on lots of stuff, on Apple Podcasts and the Google thing and Spotify, and go to nocryingandbball.com. Find us on social media. Drop us a line. Tell us what you're thinking about. Tell your friends about us. And until next time, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth.